Welcome to House Comma Blood, where strangers are family. Every episode may contain graphic content such as copious amounts of blood, unnecessary cursing, death of all ages, infantile to immortal, fantasy drug use, nudity, and perhaps mentions of sex, and sound effects of various qualities. We cannot stress enough that this is a mature content with adult themes. You have been warned. Where has this Game Master been? I believe on our last session, uh, I believe you guys dedicated the entire time to prepping a trap for uh, Roland Summers, the Black King, or the ex-Black King. And you, Ordon, devised a trap in the form of a chair that would spring uh, handcuffs from the armrests and uh, a metal, again, a larger cu cufflet for the head of the chair to spring around the mouth. And, because of how high he rolled, uh, tapped into a little wild magic as Gene was a conduit for uh, uh, the creation. It's a sleep spell that's permanently enchanted on it with 32 D8 to put down just about anybody who sits in that chair, within good reason. And... After you guys devise that, you decide, all right, we're going to have a hidey hole. Ordon uses a spell called Rope Trick above the chandelier, where they uh, set up Gene to guide Roland into uh, the roofy chair, for lack of better words. And to everyone's surprise, Roland didn't come to the meeting at first. We see a feffle. His servant, a Yanti, a uh, shaman, that wants to test the waters of Jean because of uh, a failed role during the performance of the entire uh, fake execution with Piwan. Although the execution itself, everyone believed, there was still a bit of suspicion with uh, how the initial argument played out. And being a chess master, Roland wanted to test the waters. So, with Jean reassuring Ephethel that it was all in order because it's believed that P1 was cheating at the games, that there was nothing to worry about. And seeing that Jean is all but his normal self, it's revealed that Roland was invisible watching the entire uh, event play out. Tells Ephethel to wait outside for him, outside the door, and just barely snakes away from the chair as he uh, uh, starts talking with Gene, uh, uh, but eventually sits down, and with that, the trap is sprung. He falls asleep, and he ends up in a bag of holding, which is torn, and from what I can understand, he is now in the Astral Sea. After that, Asmodai invites Ephethel back into the room to talk. Um, I believe the only other thing that I forgot to mention is that Ephethel mentioned, or no, not even Ephethel. 
I believe Ephephel and Roland uh, go into a little bit of details about a plan that they had to uh, basically align with the Black Eyes by uh, finding the daughter of uh, the boss. But, unfortunately, it seems like uh, Roland had pervy information about her whereabouts and now he is indisposed of. I think the only other thing is that he wanted to recruit the Scorched Hammers to uh, uh, basically give arms to as many people as he recruits, as well as, like, deal a big blow to uh, the Wild Ones, uh, Roy Edmund. That seems to have some hand in uh, these blacksmiths' constant and endless work. So, just to explain the scene, just so we have uh, clarity on the situation, we have... Uh, P1, right, I would assume next to uh, Gene, is that correct, Mega? Like at the end of uh, the head of the table? Uh, that would be accurate. Mm -hmm. And Ordon, in the corner of the room, invisible to everyone's surprise why he would just be invisible. Then Asmodai, uh, standing on the opposite end of uh, the, the head of the table, the other head of the table would be better put, Asmodai steps... Uh, Asmodai stands in front of the other head of the table and begins a discussion with a Vethel. I can't remember what words we left on. Uh, we were, she had sat down and more or less said, okay, what is your proposition? Yes, that is correct. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to say because of a mistake on my part, I didn't know that uh, the chair was still there because I thought that went inside the bag, so... Just naturally, she sits down, like, on the side of the table, or one of the side chairs. Um, and again, yes, asks, well, what is your prop... Yeah, what is your proposition? Well, my dear, we have made you a free woman, as it were, whether it be an agreement or whatever it was. We, I do not believe that one needs to be, that one should be in any sort of forced ser servitude, whether indentured or not, against their own will. So, you're welcome. But, in granting you your newfound freedom, I appreciate that you are willing to hear us out. My proposition is this, we could, uh, well... We would love to work with you. More allies is always helpful in my eyes. Okay, so I think uh, she starts off by saying, You're Asmodai of the Crimson Fist, is that correct? Duh. Do you believe you're a slave? Oh, most definitely not. I'm not slave to some things, but not, uh, not anyone in particular. Why do you stay with the Crimson Fist? Because I choose to. And that's it. I was not a slave to Roland. Granted, he did not cheat, treat me as an equal, but we had an understanding. In fact, I used to be a slave to the Delius Dynasty. I was freed by him, and I was promised many, many corpses. Do you see my problem here? I understand. But your master, the person you worked for, is gone and not coming back? 
So it seems that whether, however you want to slice it, you're in need of a new, new. You're in need of a new employer. <laughs> I fucking love that, you dick. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. Again, she doesn't pick up on all your clever little things and just goes. Yes, and that brings me to my uh, next question. Where is Roland? Mm, I believe it is most accurate to say he finds himself in a metaphysical pit of despair. I believe, looks at the more magically oriented person, he's in another dimension. He won? A plane of existence, but close enough. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, she just goes, I know of many planes. Which one has he found himself in? Just uh, taking a dip in the Astral Sea. And you just, again, the moment you say Astral, yeah, Astral Sea, her heart just sinks and just goes, by the black sands, damn it. Of course it was the, bla her, the Astral Sea. And I'm just going to start twirling his component pouch on my on my finger. And he doesn't seem to be too well equipped for the journey either. I suppose you have his wand as well. Head being the operative term. <laughs> you broke the wand. Guilty. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Are you insane? The answer to that question is yes, but beside the point. And just rubbing her brow, forehead, face, just, oh my gods, did they really just fucking do that? She patiently wait for uh, one of you guys to uh, continue the conversation, as she's greatly distressed by this information. So, seeing her distress, I'm going to continue to probe. Uh, see, myself, I am opening up new enterprises and uh, let's see to use the birds terms over there yes p1 i know your name mm -hmm. uh then i believe i finding myself possibly in a new position i'm going to need a queen of my own someone to assist me in my matters and in exchange well, we can have a mutually beneficial relationship with one another. And not only that, there is going to be quite a power shift in this city. One of which I will be amongst the top of. Maybe not the top, but amongst it. And I'm sure there can be a place for you as well. You seem quite capable. And... Not only that, you have knowledge of things that we could not have, and things that Roland won't be telling us about anytime soon. Hmm. Alright, uh, Ordon, you want to do something? Yes. Okay. Uh, you mind explaining what you want to do? So, seeing a Yanti while being invisible, scared out of my mind, I will attempt to sneak out of the room. Hmm. And do you make that attempt with a 22 you? pass like i rolled a 12 yeah but uh it and with stealth isn't it with an advantage and with like a crazy yes. fucking modifier 
Yeah. No, modifier doesn't change. That's based on oh. him, but it would be it, it would be at advantage. I'm exhausted, but with my armor, I have advantage on stealth rolls. Well, they, it, it, you don't it get stack. super advantage. Yeah, it doesn't stack, so you would just be making a straight roll. Yeah. Oh, fuck. And uh, this, kids, is why exhaustion sucks. Continue. <laughs> you try stealthing over, and uh, what do you think went bad when you're trying to stealth to, like, uh, the door of the room? While invisible, I seem to have stepped on a creaky fuller board on the way to the door. Yeah, so let's uh, look at the map really quick. Again, what I'm about to narrate, it's not going to be immediate combat, but let's uh, set everyone where they'd be. Uh, Ordon, I think you probably made it like near Asmodai when you got to that creaky floor. And are there any gnomes under your employment? And then we hear that creak right next to you. Well, there would be one about right there. P1 is going to very specifically, very specifically pluck one of his feathers, and as he dismisses it, the the doorway behind uh, behind everyone shuts immediately. Okay, okay, it's just so yeah, right here, just shuts. You just hear the slam. Asma uh, Asma just like points towards an invisible spot right next to him where the gnome is. Ordon, how do you react? I'm still invisible, so I'll hold my breath yeah. and hope for the best. And I feel like right next to the bookcase, she like stands up. And again, it's not like she has the bottom half of a snake. Like it's more human, like with scales, but it, her movement like looks like a slither. As she like goes towards you, Ordon, and just tries to sniff the air of where you might be, and goes, ah. You just see like, a, well, actually, no, not even sniffing. You see her tongue like flick into the air, and she goes, ah, a gnome. It's been a long time since I've smelled your kind, and yeah, I. I think from that proposition, she looks towards Asmodai. I think there may be a possibility we could work together. I am a very famous shaman in my homeland. Are you familiar with the Delius dynasty? Uh, in passing, for the most part. I, I know what most people know. Ephephel goes... When they saw my actions as worthy of execution, they spared me under the deal of servitude. And points towards the neck and says, I have broken the shackles of servitude. Now, I can be very useful, especially in a town so... and." She gets a bit of a shiver when she says this. So ripe full of death. My skills would be very useful. I do want to iron out a few details. And this one, I feel like, would not have much negotiation. I am firm that I would like the gnome as a servant. Ah, uh, see, there's a slight problem with that. In that, uh, that would be up to the gnome. See, 
he's an associate at best. Not really anyone under my command or employ. Uh, in fact, he's kind of like a tag-along in, in most places. He just kind of keeps going into the same places, places and rooms that I'm in. So, it's not really something that I can make a decision for. In fact, his part in my working relationship with you would be nine non-existent. He's not a part of any organization that I am a part of. He's a completely independent entity. So you would have to ask him that question yourself. And you can hear from the shivering and quaking in his boots, he's probably not looking towards you favorably. I think Ephephel looks towards you just with a tilt of the hat and just goes, Aren't you a strong warrior? Duh. That is, well... Certainly people think of me that way, but uh, he's not, he is not officially anyone under my command. He's attached himself onto me like a leech, cockroach, eh, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, no, I feel like it still confuses her as she goes, this should still be no problem. I've heard many stories of your abilities. Certainly a gnome wouldn't be a problem in service, and it looks towards the empty space. Gnome, show yourself. What does Ordon do? Well, at that point, you would hear the sound of a coin being flipped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we hear the ting in the air, and that just... I assume you're still, like, doing your stealth suit? Yes. Yep, so... Yeah, I want to imagine coin flips. We hear the the mechanical grinds and movements of metal, kind of like a transformer. And we see that the you slowly fade into the existence, like bottom up. So like starting at the boots of your suit and going up to your knees, arms, and as it finishes, like uh, revealing yourself, we see like sparks of lightning like uh, arcing around you and as i slowly appear the armor covers my body leaving my head exposed though as i look at the snake i slowly turn my body while maintaining eye contact i lay my hand upon the wall and attempt to cast shatter uh yeah no i'm gonna see him making hand movements i'm going to shove my shoulder right into his chest to stop him from doing such a thing Okay, yeah, that works. Uh, Can I make a contest against it? Yeah, I'd say uh, dexterity versus uh, strength would be the best one. Strength from uh, Asmodai's uh, end and dexterity from yours if you're trying to avoid it. If you're not trying to avoid it, like, uh, I don't know, uh, strength versus con, strength versus strength. Well, I guess you gotta beat a six. <laughs> wow. Well, I did, technically. Yeah, yeah, it, a six and a seven. Six from Moradon, and Asmodai rolled a seven. So it's very clumsy. P1, I just want to imagine P1 whispering to Gene, just like, oh, I think he's in Terminator mode. <laughs> and just goes, you know, I, I've heard about this infamous uh, Terminator. Didn't he kill about, like, 30 people for a guy? Well, it was a girl, but that was a different issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we just see, like, you know, Asmodai, like, body-checking uh, Ordon, and I feel like just because mm, it wasn't aimed at the right direction, you probably point Shatter upwards, because uh, I feel like that doesn't stop the spell, does it? 
Well, I mean, it would if he can't do the verbal, which getting the wind knocked out of you and the somatic. <laughs> yeah, because I wasn't sure what the components were off the top of my head. So, yeah, no, 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 you'd definitely interrupt that. So he points his hand uh, upward and it doesn't uh, go in. Effeffel, seeing this all go down, just goes, oh, Small gnome, small gnome, do not be quick to run away. And again... I'm not saying she's entirely in her, your space, but, you know, she's just going around you. I would be warned he gets, when he's in his armor like that, he gets very belligerent. And as you can see, clearly idiotic. Mm -hmm. And nods her head. Little gnome, tell me your name. And she inspects your armor as she asks that question. Just makes mutters, just saying, I've seen Isloth make better equipment. Impressive. Still impressive. And just looking around you. What does Oridon say in response? What What are the names of the heads that adorn you? Where are the names? Oh, yeah. She points at each one. This one's happy. This one's sleepy. This one's mm -hmm. dopey. This one's... <laughs> no, no. Dopey is going to be Oridon. <laughs> yeah, and you see her uh, pointing at each one, just saying, This one is Grayson. This one is Friedswad. Then you see her point at another one. Brooke, Lynn, Huntier, Easton. And just going down the list. They were my family. And if you take a closer look, yeah, like the mummified heads do have like a snake-like skull to them. Or like a, a dried snake-like skull is the best way to put it. Is that it still has skin around it. What piques your curiosity? Young man, what is your name? My, my name is my own. Mm. It's Ordon. Jeez. <laughs> it would appear so. You know, Ordon, I have actually heard of you. Just rubs her uh, chin as she just gets on your eye level. Close to you, like I'd say like a foot away, and just stares directly into your eyes. And... Wow. Uh, there is something I forgot to mention during this entire encounter, actually. Um, Ordon, Asmodai, P1, can you all make me a wisdom saving throw? Is she still exerting those mists? Yeah, it's it's passive. She has no control over it. Ah. Uh, yeah. So, tell me if you get 12 or higher. I got higher. Yeah, Asmodai, you're fine. Or oh, Ordon. Wow, I have a vantage and I still screwed up. And this, kids, is why you have good wisdom saves. This is why fighters get dicked over. Yep. So no, like uh, I want to say like each one of you, like each one of you, P1, Asmodai, you just have a flash of fear as this gas, this nauseous yellow gas, like gets breathed in more and more. Cause I feel like the reason why it took so long. Is she was outside, recently came in, and now it's slowly filled the chamber, kind of like, uh, oh, what the hell is it called that you go into after, like, you bathe or go into a pool, like the heat steamy room? Sauna. Yeah, thank you. It's like a sauna. Goddamn. Bad with my vocabulary today. Um, P1, I feel like you just get a glimpse of yourself. Pitiful. Like, you don't have any clothes on. You are shackled with a chain going to like 
a metallic figure with wings just holding you. And then, like, it flashes to, like, a hammer, like, coming down on your skull. A pull, uh, pull arm hammer. And it just breaks your skull and you just shake your head out of it. You have no real detrimental effects, but, you know, you just glance down at your shadow and you swear for a moment you see, like, wings sprout out of your shadow, but slowly dissipate. And Jean looks towards you, Piwan, and goes, oh, Master, what, what is wrong? It's nothing. Nothing at all. Yeah. And I want to imagine when you say that, like, around your glove, the gem in your hand, we see, like, a glitch in the air where your hand is two places at once, then, like, you grip your hand and it solidifies in one location. Asmodai, I feel like... God, what the hell would Asmodai fear? Yeah, Asmodai, what, what would be your fear? Uh... <laughs> he... It, funny enough, it would be this, something similar to P1. Uh, he would find himself, he would see himself in chains, uh, in a room surrounded by, uh, the best way to describe it would be devils in the shape of, or in the form of man. Not tieflings, but just demonic shifting faces that all have the faces of someone and no one at the same time everyone and no one at the same time yeah so like uh how we've been describing changelings lately is that kind of blur in the face it's it's more representative of he would see everyone that would be a person as looking down upon him and would see them as the demons that are torturing him yeah and you do see that shackled in chains. And I want to add one more thing to that scene is I feel like there is a small like candle in the center of this black uh, landscape. And with these figures, like the shadows grow larger and larger from this dying flame. And you're just enraptured by this imagery. And as the flame dies, I feel like your will kicks in like your refusal towards that kind of fate in any capacity and your, your blood just starts going your adrenaline kicks in and we see that dying candle like burst into a flame like the candle starts to melt from how hot the fire is we see the room just become consumed by this as everyone burns alive your captors your chains melt and your eyes open just with that asthma or like a glow white eyes as you feel power from this flame and you open your eyes from this cute little thought is there any reaction from your end or do you just stifle it no it's momentary yeah momentary that's just what like you know usually like when people have a trigger trauma or something you know they have a mom momentary lapse that's why i'm asking but since you did so well yeah like it doesn't show is more of a not a daydream a daymare and ordon poor poor ordon i feel like like the moment you fully breathe in this vapor as you're looking at a feffle we see i want to say a flooded city you're underwater and you are drowning and right before you is just the armor you're currently wearing, that 
gray fox armor suit with a, a xenomorph kind of texture to it, completely pitch black with an empty helmet. It's an empty suit of armor that just stares at you. And it says it quietly. It feels like a distant whisper as it just says, You're worthless. You want to be me, but you can't because you're a coward. Courage comes truly from within, not from a mask that you towed around. And I feel like the armor just gets more complex and stronger. And it walks towards you and just holds you up by the scruff of your white shirt and just lifts you up and just goes, no one would care if you just disappear. No one would mind if you just spent the rest of your life alone. No one cares about you. And it brings you closer as it says, I don't care about you, and I am you. And I feel like from that moment, you just open your eyes and again, like, kind of like P1, like you, I want to say Asmodai, if you ever glanced at your shadow, you just saw shackles that just burnt away from your wrists. We see P1's wings that dissipate from his shadow with Ordon. You, everyone in this room just sees like a dark yeah like it's hard to say like a reflection of his armor like it is a shadowy form of his armor that forms from his shadow and rises into like a, a three-dimensional form and it doesn't move it doesn't say anything but Ordon you are terrified of this thing and you can't quite pin it yes you had this vision but it's just an embodiment of your fear manifest. And you see Fefel as looks over to the side and just holds her hand and goes, no, no. And we see the shadow just stay stationary, not move a single muscle. And it, she looks towards Asmodai and goes, I, I apologize. I did not mean to summon anything. Eh, doesn't seem to be your fault necessarily it's and she points towards the sash with the shrunken heads it's a byproduct of the heads i fuel my power through fear oh th then we will get along great because so do yes. i <laughs> you just see like just a link like a single nod it's like uh if you guys uh, see someone do something sweet on the streets, a complete stranger, you just give a single nod and they give a single nod back. It's kind of the thing that's going on, just a single nod from each side. And uh, goes, fortunately, uh, I have trouble with the twilight between life and death. And points towards Jean. Uh, Jean Laban is within that twilight. Not quite dead, not quite alive. Not a spirit, but not living. The undead is where things get tricky with my magic. And explaining that to uh, the side, uh, just explaining that on the side. God, what what the hell was she even saying to Ordon? It was, uh, what was your name? Got answered. Heard of you. Heard of your work. Yeah. That um, was literally it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I got sidetracked because I forgot about that fucking mist. Um... Ordon, how, how do you react to this, all this? And uh, keep in mind, uh, just because I want to get it on recording, because uh, I forgot to do it when you guys destroyed uh, 
uh, Roland, uh, he did have something on him, a metal, uh, metal canister with a scroll. That was just my bad that I just forgot about it. I just saw it after the fact on his character sheet. It's uh, a scroll with a lot of effects. I'll leave it at that if it ever gets used. But uh, yeah, Ordon, how do you react to this situation? I would be paralyzed with fear with a thousand yard stare. So come now, little one, back to reality. As he one literally, literally like uh, has the loudest snap of his fingers from that far away. <laughs> uh, and yeah, to that effect, I'm I'm gonna just very slowly and theatrically take off uh, my right gauntlet. Okay, okay. And then once I do, I'm going to set the gauntlet down on the table and okay. backhand him as hard as possible in the face. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yes! Yes! Do you take it, Ordon, or do we need to do a check? I mean, I'm frozen in fear, so I would take damage, so roll for damage. Uh, it's not really meant to damage, but uh, I do slap him very hard across the face and say, Listen, you little idiot. Focus on the sound of my voice, not on the fear, and bring yourself back to reality. What you are seeing is not real. What you are feeling is not real. It is only the conjurations of your mind. Stare at it and don't let it master over you. As someone who deals in fear, he knows very well how to overcome it. <laughs> and he's good at directing people who are terrified. <laughs> since he does that to them all the time. So right. he's trying to give him uh, an anchor to hold on to, which is the dominating presence of Asmodai himself. Hmm. That's perfectly fine. Um, Ordon, what do you do? Uh, take one point of damage, though. That was a controlled slap. That's fine. Does she ask me another question? Uh, no, I'm asking, how do you, like, react after all this? This is more on you. Like, uh, you were frozen in fear. Asmodai slapped you. What does Ordon do next after, you know, getting slapped? I would take a step away from Asmodai. I'm, well, let's see. I'm going to grab him by the shoulders at that point and force him to look at me. Okay. Um, Ooh, I think he's letting his inner Dom out. <laughs> and Gene goes, yeah, that's the same way he hit me. <laughs> no, I tried to kill you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so I assume... Ordon doesn't want to be grabbed, so strength versus dexterity, just a uh, grab. That's 23 for me. I grab him. <laughs> well, hang on. Dexterity with uh, acrobatic sounds correct? Yeah, that's yeah. how it always is. Yeah. If you if he has proficiency in acrobatics, it's not going to matter, though. I am still at disadvantage, so he grabs me. Okay, yeah, so... I mean, there could have been double net 20, who knows? No, he already rolled a 5. <laughs> Oh, I didn't see. My, my bad. Yeah, I didn't see it either. I read it as wisdom. All right. Yeah. So he roll. He rolls a five. Uh, Asmodai rolls twenty three, or not rolls twenty three. Gets twenty three. Um. Tell me, Asmodai. Uh, what do you say to him? Holding him up to you. Look at me. I am what is real. Whatever you're seeing is not. Listen to my voice, and it will be your anchor. Let it fill you with strength, and give you the fortitude you need to break out of your fear. The only thing you should fear in this life is me. 
and with that he's going to flash his hair red <laughs> as he does in his angelic form yeah you do god damn yeah no like uh your shadow essentially disappears except for like right underneath your feet in a small circle like you are shadowless as your hair just lights ordon what do you do I mean, at this point, wouldn't he be able to repeat the save? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's perfectly fine. Uh, maybe maybe at advantage? Uh, well, here he gets advantage for uh, Wisdom since he's a uh, gnome. Well, fair enough. Yeah. I say, yeah, he can repeat the save, but uh, Ordon, what do you do? Asmodai. I'm not scared of, of you or the y Yonti anymore. There's nothing to be scared of. It's inevitable. Yeah, and the moment he says inevitable, we see, like, the shadow dissipate. Ah, uh, there we go. Okay, now that that kerfluffle is out of the way, and I push him, <laughs> I just kind of let go and do a slight eh, get out of my personal space as I put my gauntlet back on. Mm -hmm. Now, he seems to be a little better. You might want to ask him the question again. Young... Oridon, I would like you by my side. If you do come over, I shall be a useful asset for... And he looks towards Piwan, Jean, then Asmodai, towards your crusade to victory. What do you say, young gnome? Your people see us as less than a, a, a pet. My name is nothing to me now. So what is my new one? Yeah, it looks at you and just says, Raka. And do a history check for me. No, you don't recognize the name, but I don't know. Why am I rolling doubles all day today? Yeah, you you don't recognize the name, but it's the same way like uh, if you hear a slur, even if it's in a different language, it's just the way she said it. It doesn't feel good. Um, But yeah, she calls you Raka, R-A-C-A, and she says to you, if you come into my service, I can give you the world, young one. And she holds out her hand for yours. Be mine. I do as she says. Yep, and you shake your hand, and I want you to make a wisdom save, please. This is the strangest proposal I have ever seen. I do have advantage on those if it's magic-based. Well, well, he doesn't have disadvantage on saves. Remember, saves and checks are different. Disadvantage on saves doesn't happen until level 3. So, I, I want to say you just overcome this, like, arcane surge inside of you. And you feel like she is making a contract. You're not exactly sure how. There's many different forms of contracts. Like, uh, for example, uh, with Dust and his deed to his orphanage, that was uh, a blood contract. Uh, there's uh, spiritual ones, soul ones, uh, there's worldly ones. There's many different variations. It feels like uh, this one is written for the dead to observe. Now, uh... Can you make me one more history check before I give you more information? Did I save? Yes, you did. And I'll explain, like, the benefits of that shortly. How I would imagine the visual is, like, in the movie Hangover, when Zach Galifianakis is at the casino and all the numbers are swirling around him, 
that's what would be going through my mind right now. Seeing all those terms and conditions, I spot a loophole highlighting it in gold. Hmm. Now, here, here's the thing. Since you passed this uh, wisdom save, you do have authority over the conditions. If you didn't, you just wouldn't have any authority. It, you just, it'd be like signing a contract to any bank. You have no control over a lot of the details. Um, make me a history check. 12? Okay. It's not that hard. Um, from what you know, this is a common uh, dealing with uh, shamans. Is that they don't write on paper to seal a contract. The collar that she wore was a form of one of these contracts. And from this uh, handshake, we see a ring form between your hands for the both of you. Two rings, both of them, I would say one white and one black. And they have an ins inscription, kind of like uh, the Lord of the Rings uh, ring, just like uh, infernal uh, writing rather than uh, that elegant writing around the ring. Um, you know this as... No, I'm just going to call it what it is, a spiritual contract. Uh, essentially, like, you feel a spirit around you just die and get sucked into this home. Redundant to say a spirit died, but, you know, erased, gone. And it's used as a fuel to make this contract. And you can go over the terms of this relationship. Um, I will allow you to put forth a couple terms. I'll give you... Roll me 1d6. There are six rules inscribed onto this ring to uh, towards the relationship between you and Ephephel. Now, tell me, what would be two of those rules? Because if... Yeah, if you want, I can start us off. I think it would be better if she laid out her rules and I amended two of them. Hmm... Well, the way I'm... Well, yeah. I suppose that'd be the best way to do it. Yeah. Because uh, I, I want to imagine that uh, you actually had a little help from P1 during this uh, handshake. And we saw, like, a little bit of a glitch. Like, uh, when you uh, shook her hand. And uh, you see Ephephel just confused at what just happened. So, just to uh, write down these rules, uh, I believe the first law would be you will obey every command I give you. The second law would be you will never kill me. The third law would be you will collect fallen enemies and bring them to me. And the fourth one would be if you uh, make something, it is also mine and you will not uh, create any like uh, any device for another. Ah, uh, so essentially, you either create for yourself or create for her, and everything you create, she owns. Now, uh, it, this isn't a rule. This is a consequence. In these lands, like the entire world, there are land, uh, there are spiritual rules like this that everyone must follow. It's not written in the rules what the consequences are, but you can only dread what would happen if you break this law. Now, I believe I said four, didn't I? We're just going to keep it at four and you can edit two. Or add on a couple rules. Because this could go to her as well. I would edit the last rule. How would you edit it? Because you need to keep the context, but you can add 
Like uh, how we did the chess game, essentially. I can give my inventions to others, but she would have it trademarked in her name, as if it's her invention. That way I can still help others. I like that, alright. What's another rule? I would also add an exit for the spiritual contract. Something within reason that would not end in death for either party, to which she can decide. Can be hard, but not impossible to do. Or, again, cause either of our deaths. Okay. Yeah. She gives you a simple goal. Bring her a Philosopher's Stone. That's it. Alright. She wants to bring back her dead mother. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's We're, we're talking full mill alchemists. Uh, fucking Philosopher's Stone. So, with that, you draw back your hand, and she just smiles. Why, you're quite interesting. I've never seen someone edit one of my contract. And she looks towards Asmodai and says, I am an ally of you now. If you need my sword by your side, you can count on it to slaughter your enemies. And, and she just does a little bit of a cackle. Uh, I'll bring them back to fight for you and your cause. So yeah, if you guys want to increase uh, your numbers, you can bring back the dead if you really wanted to. Well, about that. See, alliances are great, but see, I was hoping that we could uh, make something a little more uh, set in stone, as it were. All this talk of contracts has my mind going. You know, you had obviously a relationship with Roland. I would like a similar one. Holds out her hand. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'll uh, shake her hand. And since I'm the one that's the initiator, am I making the terms? It It's the same thing. You do a will save. Uh, you do will save. If you beat it, then you can... Would I have advantage since I'm the one that's initiating the contract? Yeah, I think it's more towards a P-Wand in the background helping you both out. Basically just fucking this up for a feffle. But if you want... I, I just like to I just like to imagine P-Wand just passively being in the room just fucks with everybody's contracts. <laughs> yep. Alright, so... Uh, 17 uh, roll, for me. Yeah, roll 1d4. 4. Make up the four rules to this contract and I feel like you have the upper hand where you are creating this contract and she will edit two rules yeah rule one you are to obey all of my commands as to the best of your ability as long and you are able to disobey if they put you in any undue harm such as a suicide order hmm Rule two, you are to serve me for as long as I might live or you die in the process. However, there will, how, that Yeah, I'm <laughs> going to leave it like that. I'm sure she'll come up with a way to get out of it. Yeah. Third, <laughs> uh, all minions, servants, contacts, allies cannot be used to move against me in any way and fourth we do not keep secrets from one another uh but uh first so the rules uh as asmodai has written them you will obey my every command 
to the best of your ability unless uh, said command puts you in extreme hard suicide. You will serve me until death or your death. You and all your minions cannot plot against me or uh, army in any way. We cannot minions, keep any servants, contacts. That, that those those three things are very important. Yeah. God, and I only have two things I can do. I can either edit two rules or add two rules. How does she want to do this? Shit, he got a lot against me. Um, can I? Hmm. Ironically enough, though, one of your rules kind of, uh, you know, undermines one of your later rules, but I won't say anything. <laughs> I know that. I'm trying to figure out. Okay, well, we'll start off with rule three, then I'll keep that logic. That, um, uh, I, I feel like she changes uh, rule three to say all of our minion servants' contacts cannot plot against you and me or harm us in any way. And then I guess she, okay. Then I feel like, okay, then instead of uh, you obey every command, I, I think she puts down an addendum at the end saying, unless said command puts her in extreme harm or suicide or contradicts an order to her servant or ally. Wait, say that again. Unless uh, said command for the first rule, unless said command puts her in extreme harm or contradicts a command to a servant or ally. So basically, uh, if she tells someone to uh, do something and you say, well, don't, uh, you aren't, uh, you can't do that. Uh, she is not obligated to follow along with that. But if you say before she can give an order to someone, she can no longer do that. Does that make sense? Where yeah. she can make, yeah, she makes an action, then, yeah. Yeah. I was going to oh. have, like, yeah. Isn't ally have... kind of kind of broad? Okay. Well, okay. I'm just trying to figure out, like, uh... I mean, to a servant or minion would probably be the best, because she doesn't have control over our mutual allies, necessarily. She can make suggestions, well, but except one. Yeah, well, th that's <laughs> yeah. He would count first as a, as her servant. Trust yeah. me, okay. I thought about that. Okay, so essentially the yeah the the idea behind that rule change is so long as she gives Ordon an order that he has to follow, you cannot command her to change that order if she's already given it to Ordon. My God, I feel like we need to get a lawyer here just to look over these contracts now. Well, I know someone who's a contract lawyer. I'll send it over. <laughs> you, you the sad part is I know over. exactly who you're talking about. But anyway, my sister is the VP of contracts, too. So he, he GMs the next game I'm in. I'll send it over to him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I feel like that's good. I actually wanted to add the rule. Where she like just collect or just gets ownership of like any fallen bodies during this war, but you constrained her so much that she has to give herself a bit of wiggle room in this. Yeah, she also doesn't have any way out to end it early. <laughs> well, she does actually, but eh. yeah, she has a couple ways out of this contract. Um, I mean, there's a good one example. specific way out of that contract. Yeah. Two, two specific ways. So the, there's just one thing that kind of I'm wondering about is the the rule three 
says our minion servants contacts cannot plot against me or harm me in any way um she doesn't have control for example since we've combined it to to affect both people asmodai has no control over p1 planning or plotting against that. yeah the, so it's not that it's more so that we cannot command them to uh like Conspir conspiration basically yeah it's any it's any yeah conspiring against one another um there it is assumed that unless we have control of their minds people may do things against our will but we cannot willingly conspire against one but another would that more more of my concern is the inaction for example, Asmodei comes across P1 with plans to assassinate her. Well, well, quiet, well, quiet. The, there, there's loopholes in every contract. Yeah, it's more of the, since this is being enforced by some outside entity, I was concerned if the outs, if like they could make this promise for someone else, and the entity would enforce it, was kind of more of my concern. I just want to rephrase it one more time, going over uh, each contract uh, with Ordon, now Raka. Uh, Raka has now put himself into servitude to Fefel, and between the spiritual contract between both of them. So just repeat it, you must follow my every command, you must not kill me. You must bring fallen enemies and corpses to Fefel. Uh, all inventions are trademarked by Ephephel. The exit to this contract is Ephephel obtaining a Philosopher's Stone from Raka. And again, the spirit behind the rules, especially uh, number four, is just she has ownership over uh, uh, Raka's inventions. But it's not uh, with how he edited it. It now can be used for allies or other people. But she owns all of his inventions. Um, for Asmodai, uh, his first rule is, You must obey my every command to the best of your ability unless said command puts you in extreme horror, e.g. suicide, or contradicts uh, commands to a servant or minion. You will serve me until my death or your death. Uh, for rule 2. And rule 3, our minions, servants, contract, or contacts cannot plot against us or harm us in any way within our control. Rule four, we cannot keep any secrets from one another. That is good. Yeah, uh, go right ahead. Uh, we see that spark uh, before that uh, mega. Like how, like, uh, I just want to imagine, like, how, how does these, like, uh, contracts uh, get assisted by you? Like, uh, is it just a glitch around their hands? Like, explain to me a little bit. Yeah, I just want to imagine just as P1 is just like literally sitting on the other side of the room just watching this whole thing. Uh uh just kinda like uh just kinda like a whispers to Gene, oh watch this. <laughs> as he just kind of like uh like flicks his wrist a little bit and like during each of these uh these individual contracts, like as the hands make contact with each other and maybe start to like, you know, glow normally, kind of as you said, there was a brief glitch effect that mm. um, that kind of like overtakes the aura for a brief moment as he basically meddles in the contractual affairs of his allies. Yes. And at this point, I'll, uh, you know, and as all that happens, you know, in the blink of an eye, thanks to magic, um, I'll end the handshake with a Fefungo. It is a pleasure to be working with you. Now, 
I'm going to take the chair that's at the head of the table and slide another one to the head of the table. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to sit down. <laughs> I would love for you just to accidentally say, I sit at the head of the table. All right, roll for sleep. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah, that's good. So I will then sit down and go, all right, P1, black or white? And hang on, before you do that, side, Rocco, what were you going to say to Feffel? If Feffel, mm -hmm. rule, rule three, my race isn't the strong, strongest. Do you have anything to assist in uh, get, getting the bodies you want? And she goes down to you and says, Rocco, and just stretches it out and just goes on to say, a clever servant will solve his own problems. Create a contraption. It does not matter how the corpses get to me, but that they do get to me. And I feel like at that, she just shakes her head and uh, sits probably middle of the table around you guys. Um. Then Asmodeus, he sits down, black or white, with P1. How are you guys going to do this? And he says it with the matter-of-fact tone of one lump or two lumps. As far as... <laughs> you want one sugar or two sugar? Black or white? While they're talking, I'm going to pull the chair I created to the side to check and make sure it's still in working order. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, so I get... So that... Is that is that really how he phrased it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just segueing into a new conversation. So, well, I did always like the subversion of being a black king, all things considered. You are aware, aren't you? There's so many things that you could be referring to at the moment. Please extrapolate. So, well, it's really quite simple. Most rules have, have uh, regarding chess. Usually white goes first. And unfortunately, that also means that uh, white tends to have to claim the most victories. So I find it a bit ironic that the winner, ironically, is the black aside. <laughs> hmm. Duh. Now I see what you mean. Well, I'm glad you picked up on what I meant and didn't make some sort of sexual innuendo. Eh. <laughs> oh, there's always plenty of time for that. But I'm guessing our former arrangement is still intact, correct? You take one seat, I take the other as we are doing now. So I see really no any reason to change it. After all, I'm really only in it for one thing, so as long as I get that one thing, it doesn't particularly matter. <laughs> do remind me, what was that one thing again? So, did we have this conversation? He's like thinking on it for a moment. We may or may not have. <laughs> as Asmodai is staying silent when you ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, disappointed, disappointed that he didn't take the bait. It's like, oh, fine. <laughs> All I really want is something very simple. It's like, uh, I get first dibs on any magical items that come our way. <laughs> and you guys hear a click from the side of the room. And uh, if you guys look over, you see Ordon dis uh, dissembling uh, the adjustments he made on the chair. What? Wait. We can sell that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he does that, and as he does, uh, the ruins and the magic on the fucking chair just disappear. 
Ephaphel, I want you to know you have chosen an idiot as your servant. Now, back to uh, more pressing conversation. Uh, other than that magic item, here, you want a chair? I had a really good chair for you. You could have had first dibs. <laughs> uh, but as I was saying, if I could make one addendum, anything of, uh, I'm guessing swords, shields, armor, things of more military use. Oh no, please keep those. <laughs> okay. As long as we are in accord in that. It's like, don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. There, I'm sure there are some things of that nature that I might want, but uh, frankly, I'm looking more for items that I can, as he just like uh, scratches under his beak for a moment, take for myself. As long as you don't bogart them then I'm fine with that. Hmm. You know, a, a good beneficial relationship is everybody is getting a piece of the pie. Yeah, and when you uh, say that, everybody is getting a piece of the pie. I assume around this time, uh, me, where are you at the moment? Uh, we're... Keep, it, keep in mind, from what you, uh, you did last session, that was last night, this is the morning. Well, um, I guess he would have probably tracked them to this location. And if you look at the mansion, you can see that he's been sleeping in the front of the building the whole time, just sprawled out on the floor. Like in front of the the uh, Laban estate where everyone's at? No, I was just joking because you got the giant bearskin rug. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually been me just sleeping there. Uh, no, I've, I've, no, he's he just comes in. He's like, here's where you guys were. I just went out for a walk and you guys were gone. Just to clarify, you're going to be walking into this meeting room? Yeah. Yeah, let me explain a few things as uh, uh, you're going along. So, when you in enter into the mansion, these, uh, if everyone looks towards uh, the bottom of the map, you see that there's a line of uh, armored suits. All of them empty for display. When me walks in, you see three of them. This one. Yeah, the one on the far left, stage left, then two in the middle, draw arms and point it at me. I don't think we would see any of that because the door's still closed. I, no, I know it's closed. I'm just saying for reference so people can, like, you as the players can see it on the map. Gotcha. Um, yep. And just to make things a little weirder, you see over here this uh, giant, uh, looks like a tiger by the looks of it. This giant tiger's head to the far left of uh, the state on the wall begins to roar and growl even though it's a head mounted on the wall and you see like a wolf over here as well that's also mounted and just roaring this place is a lot weirder than uh when you left the first time so is this the just real quick is this the the, the place like the the place we were stayed at that one night okay yep this is the same place with the chess match, uh, you guys eating dinner. Okay, I thought this was a, a different place. No, this is the same place. It's just, uh, I kind of wa whitewashed the details when you guys first came in. Or whitewashed, that's not a right word. But, you know, just went over, uh, didn't go in detail about what's happening. Like, are they, they, they draw their swords, like, are they, like, coming towards me, or are they just standing no. there? standing there. Just holding sword out, or swords out. And... Mm. Yeah, like, as soon as you walk in, everyone in the room, like, I'm pretty sure, like, it's not that far away. You could probably hear, like, the shing of a sword being drawn uh, three times over. 
Hey everyone, I'm back. <laughs> you guys hear that in the distance? Ah. Uh, Anyone home? Just a, a wander through the house, calling for people. <laughs> yeah, Asmodeus, Ordon, or er, Raka, Raka, and Asmodeus. You, uh, you definitely hear me's uh, familiar voice. I just look at P1. We're we're in the middle of discussions here. Yeah. I don't really care. The P1 is. Uh, yeah, he is going to uh, pluck a feather from his arm and uh, hold it to hold it to his throat as it dissipates, and he's just going to shout, uh, "We're in the meeting room. We can't we can't really come to the door right now." Did you lock the door or did you just close it? I just closed it. I don't have the ability to lock it. <laughs> I didn't think you did, but you know. Yeah. So, uh, no, you uh, hear that? Uh... So as you're uh, going along, like, uh, before you start moving again, uh, me, uh, uh, Feffel quickly pipes up and says, uh, my apologies, I had a contingency plan out there, uh, sorry about that, and just snaps her fingers, and me, as you're walking, you see, like, uh, the three armored suits just collapse on the floor lifeless, and the tiger and wolf head, uh, just become taxidermy. And just sweetly, she says, always plan for the worst, sweeties. Always plan for the worst. Yes, always yep. good advice to take. Yep. So, so anyway, uh, as we were saying, if you want black, that's fine. You know, aesthetically, black goes with my color palette, but I'll take either. You do technically already have the white queen over there. You, you, I don't, I hate that phrase. <laughs> Yeah, it, keep in mind, uh, I can't remember if I said he had a white or black beard, but, you know, uh, Gene just won't stop staring at P1. Just, uh, Steve Buscemi with a beard. Just staring. <laughs> I have no idea what you mean. I've personally taken a liking to him. He certainly performed very admirably today, as he just kind of, like, raises a hand and just kind of, like, uh, strokes his cheek a bit. <laughs> yeah, and t you see he gets excited, like, the eye... Uh, his eyes, he has the illusion of being alive, again, like Steve Buscemi. And you see his uh, eyes just glow uh, yellow. <laughs> that he's happy that he pleased him. Yeah, you know what I mean. And uh, But uh, what do you want? Wh which one do you want to take? I don't really care. Uh, yeah, I think Ephephel at this moment just says, uh, please do keep in mind that uh, the black side of uh, the chessboard, all the nobles are currently not within the king's gambit at the moment, and is currently leaderless. Well, not all of them. Some stayed behind. Yes, Just but... most of them. Mm -hmm. Nods her head. That is correct. I can't believe I lost my voice like that. <laughs> Sorry, something in my throat. Um... But yes, she does bring up that point that currently the white side has, you know, full staffing. While the black side, it's a little bit more difficult. And obviously the gains of being one of the kings is that the nobles all have their own forces. Granted, not in, within this uh, city at the moment, but they can call upon forces of uh, armed people. And as you said, it is my understanding, I mean... The two kings are equal, but if anyone's going to be the face, it would probably be the white king as they go first, as you said. Well, that said, I do wonder how your boss would take with that. 
Uh, we will see. But at any rate, uh, as far as... Feffel does interrupt at uh, the part with the boss as something rings true in her mind, and she looks towards Asmodee and says, Before, uh, before I forget, uh, if memory serves me right, uh, they did do a, a full-scale ambush on you, I heard from the spirits. Then Yorick, Raymond, and uh, uh, Solomon's. You should have seen Solomon's. Uh, it looks like a museum. Uh, only if you like to break statues. Basically, like, uh, I want to imagine the moment, like, you know, with uh, Solomon's getting ambushed. 30 men went in, and he walked out with uh, statues behind him from petrifying everybody. But uh, go on. So, as they continue, like, but anyway, with respect to all of that, uh, it would be a bit silly to, at this point, uh, hold to some of the early rules of the Gambit. In, at least in the, at least in the sense of, like, how things are organized and divided. I believe a more unified front would probably be most appropriate. At least, at least on our end, appearances can be appearances. Sometimes one has to keep appearances for appearances' sake. I'm sure you know all about that. So, well, I do try to keep up my appearance. Speaking about appearances, uh, me, have you already walked into the room? I believe while this was going on, he was checking all the different rooms because he doesn't really know what the meeting room is. Yeah, so I want to yeah, imagine at this point you walk into the meeting room and me is covered in blood. Uh, did you wipe it away or is it just stains? I mean, I believe my face has been at least wiped off, but again, my robes are all white, so I imagine it doesn't really clean very easily. He's, yeah, he's covered in blood. Hey there, little buddy. <laughs> you go to Arudan, or I guess Raka now. I just say nothing. Yeah. yeah. How's it going? I'm going to pick him up and like spin him around. <laughs> I just say nothing. What is that one over there doing with my servant? Yeah. Yeah. Is that just it? Just meh. <laughs> so, I see that someone's been having some fun in our absence. I just had a meet with some old friends. Oh, and how did that go? <laughs> About as good as you can expect. Oh, whatever's yes. left of them, you should definitely invite them sometime. <laughs> he just, like, waves a hand. <laughs> Seems like serious in here. Oh no, the serious part was like, I'm gonna say what, 15, 20 minutes ago? <laughs> yeah, you guys didn't really, you guys said that you uh, uh, sent Roland to the astral plane tour, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess like at that, like, uh, you know, at P1's mention, she looks towards Asmodee. How exactly did you send him to the astral plane? Like, what, what, what happened in here? It's like, Oh, oh, please, let me take this one. <laughs> <laughs> so as he pointed that, as he just kind of like uh, points over to that chair. Well, after he sat in our little trap, <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like uh, our dear gnomish friend just so happened to have a, just a lovely item called a magic bag of holding. Hmm. So, so using our combined efforts of making the bag just a little bit larger and Roland himself a bit smaller, we put Roland into the bag and, as the punchline, 
And then we slice the bag open. And nods her head and just goes, I've only heard about that trick in certain circles. Never seen it done firsthand. Oh, trust me, it's entirely impractical unless your unless your target's unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you seem very knowledgeable. Well, when you're in the business of finding magic items, you tend to learn a few tricks. Anyway, so which side are you going to be taking then? I want to get this over out of the way so I can start figuring out how to use those dang crowns. Uh, I will be maintaining the black side, however, just in name only. The forces will be divided evenly between the both of us, in name only. <laughs> Can I take the black crown, though, because it just goes well with my armor? You know, white tends to clash with black and red. I think it's a very nice contrast. <laughs> so, you know what? Just for fun. It's like, uh, I'll, have, I'll have us play a little game. And if you win, you get to have the crown you want. <sighs> Fine. Don't worry, we're not playing chess. Honestly, like uh, it's been enough of a strategic, uh, uh, strategic nightmare today. Instead, we're just going to play a much simpler game. Seven. <laughs> no. <laughs> As uh, Piwan pulls out a deck of cards, and uh, and as he does so, he removes two cards from the deck. Now I'm going to remove one deck, one card from this deck of playing cards, and you get to ask me. Uh, we'll keep it fair. Six questions about the identity of the card that I pull out, and if you can guess it correctly, then you win. <sighs> Fine. With that, he removes a removes a card from the deck, sets it off to the side. Mm -hmm. Well then, ask your questions. All right. Uh, let's see. Is the card the red? No, it isn't. Oh, I I should probably clarify. I I should have clarified. These are yes no questions. I I know it was implied, but yeah, I I figured this is twenty questions, but with only six. Is it a face card? Ooh, asking the tough questions. Yes, it is. Okay, that's two down. Is it diamond? Mm, no, it isn't. Okay, so uh, let's see. We've got Jack King Queen. That's three questions, right? Yep. Yes. Okay. Drag King, Queen, uh, and Ace. Is the card the royal? Or is the card the royalty? It's, uh, hmm, I should say not. Is it the Ace of Hearts? It is not. And then, so for his last question, he will say, is it the Jack of, Jack of Hearts? It is not. Wait, I, I, I'm confused. How? Well, then you seem to have beaten me, though I feel like there is trickery afoot. Hang on, I feel like uh, Feffel uh, chimes in. It's a joker. I, she, yeah, she just goes, uh, would it by chance be not part of a suit? Feffel seems to be on the nose. Why don't you tell your dear... No, no, I figured it out. The two cards you pulled out weren't the jesters. Ah, that's where you're incorrect as he turns the two cards over and they are both jokers and then he turns over and he turns over the last card that he pulled out and it's also a joker i just happen to have i just happen to have two identical sets of playing cards you never asked how many cards were in the deck uh, uh, see this is why we will make a good team 
<laughs> I loved that exchange so fucking much. All right. So you you get the you get the black. I take white. So it would seem that way, and I wouldn't feel too bad there, Asmodai. I usually only use this to to root out true players. Uh, well. I feel like we've already established which one I am and which one I am not. I think Ephephel smiles at that because she also got it right. <laughs> and uh, Ephephel looks over and goes, uh, Raka, what are you doing? I, I j just made some adjustments to the this previous invention. And I walk over to Asmodai without saying anything. And I hand him a remote. Asmodai, here is the re remote to it. Hmm. That's useful. I press a button. Yeah, and oh, what does it do? Oh, it just clicked back on. N now you can sit in the chair. Go ahead and click it again. And I click a button. Now I would suggest not s sitting in the chair. Hmm, interesting. Not bad. And he hands you back the remote. Uh, okay, then I think if Ethel go uh, just asks, what sort of invention is it? It's a sleeping chair to hold our adversaries at bay. It was one of my great inventions, but I I don't want it anymore. Mm, and I think her eyes just stare at the chair as she says, hmm, goddamn. I lay the remote on the table in front of Asmodai and walk away. Ah, fuck, he gave over ownership. Alright. I, you know... I think at that point, if Heffel just uh, says to Asmodai, so long as you don't use that chair against me, I, you can have it. Just, again, pretend like she owns it. <laughs> sure. Although, I am reminded of one point of business. I do believe I've held up my end of the bargain. That you have. And as per my end of the bargain, then the I will talk to Solomons and make sure that we can officially recognize the partnership between the King's Gambit and the Crimson Fist. That, uh, reminds me, uh, Roland had plans with making an alliance with, uh, one more gang that wanted to be turncoat against the Jade Hand. Does that interest you? Yes. We'll get to that, trust me. Alright. We're Dealing with one thing on the docket at the time. Again, it's the secrets uh, rule. I try whenever you guys say something that brings something to mind, and I cannot keep it to myself. Mm. So you do see the magic is working. Like she, it seems like she doesn't want to say these kind of things, but it's just naturally coming out of her mouth as she remembers something. Well, to be fair, it's that we can't keep secrets from one another, like. It, wouldn't it be more so if directly asked a question or directly prompted or if she desired to keep a secret where it would automatically just spill forth I would say that I would say that technically because uh, because no verbiage like created any conditions uh, technically it's uh, wholesale yeah that's a fair point yeah, that's yeah. I was just going off of the wording of the word. It's just you cannot keep any secrets. So every time she remembers a secret, she just blurts it out to you. Ah, uh, so yeah. What's uh, next on the agenda for uh, the party? Like, uh, what what else are you guys gonna accomplish here? All right. So we've got the crowns. I'll take the white one. 
Mega's gonna take the black one. Um, I just want to imagine P1 just kind of like whispers to Gene for a moment. I wonder if he knows he can just paint it himself. It doesn't really matter what the color is. <laughs> I think Jane leans over and he just shakes his head. No, I don't think he knows. <laughs> it's because it would look gaudy if I did that. <laughs> just yelling it across us. How long is this fucking table? Not that long. <laughs> this is quite fun fucking table just yelling over it. <laughs> it's like uh the, was it the Monty Python like uh movie where like they're at the log table and they have to yell all the way down to the fucking table. Hey do sir, what was that? But uh oh well, I guess the next order of business would be well for me a feffel. Uh what was Roland's plan? How was he going to get the uh, Daughter of the Black Eyes back? And she tries to mull it over and says, Unfortunately, I was not aware of the exact planning. All I know is that he knew who had the daughter and where to get her. Unfortunately, he did not reveal that information to me. Yeah. I figured he might not have, but uh, worth a shot. You know chess masters, they always like to keep their plans to themselves. He kept me on a need-to-know basis on a fair amount of matters. And who was the other faction that was breaking away from the Jade Hand? This may surprise you, but of all factions, one of the most... Uh, predominant uh, uh, ally to the Jade Hand doesn't wish to work with them anymore. Ah, so the Wild Ones. No, shaking her head. Colebeard. Clearwater Sailing doesn't see any more profit in this endeavor. In fact, they've been seeing some losses. So, Colebeard wanted to arrange a meeting with Roland to iron out a few details on a few exports that he wanted to get out of the town. Something to do with the uh, orphanage, though I don't know the <laughs> material. <laughs> uh, that's too funny. That's what someone gets for being impatient and running off. Well... <laughs> It all comes full circle, doesn't it? Well, that's fine. Uh, let's arrange a meeting. Uh, did Roland perhaps introduce you as a proxy for him? Yes, in uncertain matters, but I did not get this information from... How should I say? I did not hear this from Roland himself. In fact, I was going to give him this information. I got it from a secure source. Would you like to hear it? Duh. I heard it from a, a priest. It, it, what was his name? He was purple, had a droopy face. Just <laughs> Gideon Iron Drake. Yes, that, that was it. Oh, how fortuitous. Him and I just made an arrangement with one another yesterday. <laughs> Til tilts her ahead. You, you're allied with Gideon? Allied working towards mutual goals, but yes. Then, do you know the project he just finished on, then? I do not. Our new relationship is recently inked. It's barely even dried at this point. 
Yeah, because that makes sense. It seemed like he didn't like you too much, which is odd. All right. Oh, no, he definitely didn't like me. In fact, he even named this new weapon called Wipe My Asthma Die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, up until yesterday, I'm, we did not like each other. But, you know. That makes sense. That makes sense. He was working on that uh, project from Ball. Yes. Okay. It just confused me why he would ally with a person who would try to kill you. He gives her a look of, like, yes, how very odd looks around room. <laughs> it just... <laughs> yeah, I guess. But no, uh, no, no. Just says, uh, I, I just know that, uh, are, are you familiar with metamorphosis? Am I familiar with metamorphosis? Shit. Um, well, I, I would say to your extent, because I'm actually trying to think if you guys have met anything that has gone through the process. Uh, the line hounds were a product of that. Ordon made that clear that they weren't natural. Um, so yes, uh. Roland mentioned that with uh, the Scorched Hammer, that there is a blacksmith that used the process for actual weapons and armor, and you are aware of it from actual animals becoming uh, chimeric-like, so combining two different animals to make something new. Essentially, just imagine, like, a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. That's the kind of shit that's going on. Gotcha. A passing knowledge, yes. Yes, uh... He managed to uh, work with the Jade Hand on a uh, new project. Unfortunately, I am not too aware of the components he used, but he has made a frightful creature. Ah, uh, what is the best way to describe it? Have you ever seen death? Every time I look in the mirror. Uh, that is the best way to describe the creature. It looks like death. Also, thinking back to the one time he did briefly see death before it killed Gobold. He saw, like, uh, the, sh uh, the Shroud of Darkness before it disappeared. So, yes, you, you, you are familiar with that. So, yep, interesting tidbit. Well, thank you. It looks like uh, I need to pay Gideon a visit and ask him some questions. <sighs> but, uh, so... Through Gideon, you're able to suss out this desire. Then uh, perhaps you would know who to speak to at Clearwater to arrange a meeting, yes? Yes, I believe I can arrange it. Uh, do, do we have uh, origami paper around here? I believe there is a pile somewhere in this room. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I assume Gene, on that note, like he has every different color like uh, that the gangs use and i assume he would pick out the black one to represent uh roland and uh she uh just asks like a time or what uh time would you like to meet up with him uh when he is available mm -hmm. okay then just basically makes an open uh invitation for you know time place and just goes uh should i be truthful or should I lie about who he's meeting? Ah, uh, just say the Black King. It's not a lie, but it's also not the complete truth. I like that, so Black King. 
Yep, and she tries to uh, do the origami fold, and she is unable to make a black beetle. And says, well, that seems to be an issue. Ah, oh, damn it. And just ponders it for a second. Uh, do we... And looks around. Do we have anything... Uh, did you grab anything from Roland before you made him disappear? I will pull out the brass canister and shake it. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I think uh, Ordon has it, doesn't he? Uh, I, did we even say... I mean, I guess he does have it, but... Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Ordon, I assume you walk up with the canister. Well, I was go going to fold it my myself. I was wondering if I could do the honors. Yep, and she nods. Uh, you can try. Like, you talking about the origami paper? Since I did it so flawlessly last time, I figured I would have a bit of a bonus to doing it again. Yep. You can uh, try it. It's just going to be a straight roll since you're tired. Uh, D20 plus my proficiency. Yeah, with, uh, would I say forgery? A forgery kit? Yeah, I believe I said forgery. Last time you had them use, uh, uh, in addition to proficiency, uh, intelligence. Yeah, so intelligence plus proficiency. Just tell me if you get 16. 19. Or higher. Okay, good. So you're able to do it. So she uh, commands you to come over and you do it really quick. And again, like, uh, you can see where her problem is. It seems like uh, it's a strange type of magic with these origami uh, papers. For example, like, uh, each one of you guys, if you were to naturally do a origami message, it, just like the unseen public, would be representative of an animal. They represent but when you are under someone's leadership or a alliance gang or any organization that travels down to uh each uh, like each one of the underlings just like uh with gene he had a shift of leadership from where he drew his strength and he wasn't able to do uh, butterflies anymore he could do only blue jays representative of his infatuation with uh piwan with rolling gone she is just having trouble drawing upon that connection to make a uh, black beetle. And it seems Ordon's doing some black magic fuckery to make these uh, origami, basically framing these origami uh, uh, messages. Uh, yeah, with that explanation out, uh, out of the way, you make it. It is a black beetle. It is an open invitation that uh, go like just flutters, Does uh, ha has a little flutter. Do Wait, do beetles have uh, tiny wings? I believe they do, don't they? Uh, certainly. Certain beetles have tiny wings. This one does. Yeah, th this one does. So it just flies off towards uh, a cult beard. So you're not sure when you're going to get an answer back. And she just pats uh, Rock or Raka on the head and just goes, oh, very good work. Um, any other uh, business you guys want to uh, talk about? Although Piwan thinking about it, just like uh, the will look. Uh, P1 will look to Jean like, could you be a deer and grab me another piece of black paper? Does it? Gives it to you. Now, I want to test this, and mm -hmm. uh, and uh, P1 is very specifically going to pull out the um, uh, the uh, the gem that uh, that specifically belonged to the uh, the black crown, and he's going to try to use it to make a black beetle. Okay. Um, at disadvantage. Like, uh, you said, uh, hang on. Uh, you said uh, with uh, your, your jam hand. Oh, no, no, I'm I'm specifically uh, I'm specifically using the um, uh, the gem pertaining to the black crown. Yeah, he has the black crown on. I have the white one. 
Yeah, no, it's specifically because P1 has two gems, so I have to specify. You know, that is fair. That is fair. <laughs> yes. Still still at disadvantage. Uh, give me intelligence and uh, do Arcana, since you're trying to break this uh, system with this. All right, so uh, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to defy the Game Master. <laughs> okay. To eliminate my disadvantage. Okay. And then I'm also going to cheat. <laughs> okay. How are you going to cheat? Like this. Okay, how the <laughs> fuck did you do that? Yeah, so uh, mechanically putting every mechanically putting everything together. It's like uh, P1 has uh, uh, P1 has used an used an ability to remove his disadvantage, which I've renamed to be Defy the Game Master to remove yep. any advantage or disadvantage. And okay. then cheat is just a rename for guidance. Which you literally rolled the maximum you could with a nat twenty. Yeah. So. So here, here's what I want to say. So as you're uh, folding this along, you see uh, the crystal in your hand basically uh, glitching out uh, uh, the folding process. And where you're thinking you're making a black beetle, for a moment you see not an animal, not a creature. You make an angel somehow. And looking confused at that, I feel like you just have a flare. A flare of intense emotions, whether it be anger, fear... Some intense emotion just spreads across your face. Your hand goes on it again. The gem tries to defy you. Then it obediently glitches out the uh, angel into a black beetle. And with a satisfied look on your face, you have defied what you can do. And yeah, I believe that should make yeah. things a bit easier, I think. <laughs> Fucking cheater. Yep. And I think uh, I think Gene just. And tilts his head and goes, I've never seen that before, but alright. So what are those scrolls for, by the way? Why are they so important? Uh, you talking to Feffel about this? Yeah. Okay. Um, she explains, going, uh, it's not the scroll per se, it's just a sentimental item. It helps me bridge the gap to a lost leadership. To give me an advantage, per se when defying the magic of the, this origami paper. This isn't uh, magic I'm accustomed to. I'm more familiar with the afterlife and death, not this paper. Well, then what exactly is the magic in the paper? What's I, I, I shall be perfectly honest, that was not my field of study. Yeah, I ask that question generally to the out loud Okay, um, let's see what Gene would know. Let's see, um, I think, uh, Gene, uh, plainly puts out, uh, saying, uh, if, uh, memory serves me right, it was an invention of Islof, the artist. Uh, back a hundred years ago, I believe, it, uh, one of his first inventions when he was a young dwarf. Uh, he found a special tree, managed to replicate it, and... Hmm, I'm trying to think. The tree had a connection to another plane that had the special magical quality. Me and uh, Roland had to really study his uh, process with it. And uh, I believe, and he looks towards the gems, these gems also have a connection to that plane. Um, to be frank... It stems from the same reality as the unseen public. It's just different. Does that make sense to you? 
Uh, barely, but, uh... I apologize. I don't mean to be so vague about it. I, I'm trying my best. It's more of an art than a science, <laughs> as the name of the mentor implies. Understood. Well, <laughs> anyway... Mm -hmm. Do we have any further business that we want to do together? Because if not, I have errands I need to run. Uh, I think uh, Gene uh, is the first one to uh, put it out there and says, uh, Do not forget, tomorrow's a big day. War or not, we have to abide by the laws. And what exactly is tomorrow? And Asmodai uh, does know. This is a monthly occurrence. It's I would call it I would call it a holiday, but it's not that nice. It is known as a day of sacrifice. As everyone in this room has a common understanding that each region that a ruler controls, like Juliano, has three mandates that work kind of like the spiritual contract that uh, you and Ephethel have uh, made together. But instead of one-on-one, -on -one, it is a contract between the ruler and his people. In these rules, each month, everyone has to go up to a statue of Siam and sacrifice something sentimental to Siam, something important. If you decide that you don't want to give up something sentimental, like trash or something that's not worth your attention that you just want to give away, you will be compelled to burn at the stake, whether you want to or not. And there's been a few smart Alex in history that have been immune to fire that have still died from the fire. It is a very important holiday that is celebrated once a month, regardless of circumstance. And something that I'm sure the law keeps, because I imagine Asmodai and many other people don't act, or, you know, that are outlaws, will probably just sneak around that. Uh, here's the thing. it When I say law, it applies to everyone within the region, whether you follow the actual laws or not. This is an unbreakable law. Yeah, how is it enforced? It's like being in servitude to a god and breaking his law. It's a divine retribution that cannot be compelled. If you are within a region, you must respect their three laws. So the original was offer tribute, take tribute, and give tribute. But nowadays the current law is instead of offer tribute the writer of this rule has free voice and free mind which doesn't exactly sit right first of all it, you don't have to have much knowledge with all these laws to know when a new king takes the throne they establish three new laws they can't change their laws but this somehow changed now instead of take tribute sorry did i say offer tribute instead of uh, take tribute people cannot bypass the law anymore by just taking something from somebody else so the laws of the land forces everyone to offer and give but you can't be protected when you take because a good example of that would be like a, uh, a grandparent that's uh, old and's given everything within the year like uh, 12 tributes they wouldn't be able to live by taking a tribute from uh, one of their family members. So this uh, law with th this law basically got twisted pretty fucking bad where people have to give and give and give and give and give until they die. Oh, uh, yes, it's that time of the month. Woo. 
Mm-hmm. And again, like, uh, although this is oriented towards Siam and uh, one religion, you don't have to be a follower. Obviously, you don't have to be a follower of Siam to give tribute. This is more a tribute towards the land and the people itself. And whatever offerings get put into uh, a statue of Siam on its altar basically gets burnt to ashes. But here's the clever part. That statue is in the Jade Hills, and there's only one sacrifice statue in this town. So theoretically, if you have enough control, Asmodai, you can control who gives and who doesn't give tribute. Yeah, I was already thinking. When you said that, I was already thinking that. Yeah, so... But keep in mind that by stopping a lot of people giving tribute, you are preventing a lot of people... Well, you're also preventing a lot of people from paying tribute to Siam, which is, like, one of, like, my god. <laughs> Again, there's a conflict. It's all up to you guys how you want to handle that, but that is going to happen tomorrow. And by the fall of the sun, when the sun is beyond the horizon and nighttime comes about, the flame will spark, and anyone who has not given uh, tribute will burn themselves alive. Yes, tomorrow does present a fantastic opportunity, which is what I will be running my errands for. Mm -hmm. P1, you might want to get a list of everyone that is in the King's Gambit from Jean, so we know who to let in. Because it, tomorrow the there, there might be some people that just have trouble crossing the bridge. Exactly. Yeah. So... There is only one entrance to the Jade Hills, and that's over a soldier's pass over a fucking bridge. Oh, you know what? Uh, knowing that then, since this was something I wasn't aware of out of character, I'll, uh, when the message was sent to the uh, to Colebeard, there will be an addendum which says, The Black King shall make sure that you have you and your people have admittance to offer tribute tomorrow make sure your uh affiliation is clear or is visible okay so you're gonna offer them passage no 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 it's not an offer this is a gift the black king is assuring this will happen oh dude that is badass as hell all right yeah uh why the hell is there a shit ton of me's on my world map his army has arrived <laughs> I think uh, Gene will just uh, say lazily, well, uh, it will be important for the ruler of this town to give a grand speech on the day of sacrifice. And it's clear to you, Asmodai, every, every month on this day, Lord Diamond, uh, when she was ruling, uh, would give you know a prayer to see him and grant everyone access to the... Uh, the, uh, the statue of Siam. Even people who were banned from, uh, you know, coming into uh, the Jade Hills were allowed to. Everyone except outlaws. So even gang members, so long as they weren't branded as outlaws, could make an offering to Siam. Well, P1, that presents a wonderful opportunity for somebody, doesn't it? It's like, oh, I'm sure it does. <laughs> Just like a... <laughs> Just like leaning back in his chair a bit, just like uh, pondering to himself, sort of comically. <laughs> Asmundi will make a show of tapping his chin. 
I just wonder who that might... Who, who could hold such an honor since the honor of a Lord Diamond is deceased? Well, and uh, I think Jean pops in really quick. I would think about this carefully, because uh, the one offspring that I'm aware of that's alive, Celiac, does have a following within the community. Well... And yeah, as he says, it's up to you whether to take this privilege away from him or not. And when you say, well, Gene just looks at you and goes, is there something you'd like to say? Uh, does he even know your name? Yeah, I feel like it got said around him. Uh, what is that for me? Well, I don't think that's going to be much of a concern this year. Uh, why is that? Looking towards P1, a little worried. Me just looks down at his robes. His, the motes in his eyes, like, grow bigger. Like, his eyes widen as things begin to click. <laughs> in a feffle, like, hands to face. Just like, oh no. Well, that's going, that solves, makes another problem. And it looks like that decision's been made, Warus. What happened? Did you kill a kid? I killed a king. Why exactly? I thought, don't you serve the crown? Yes, that's the confusing part on Jean's end, too, because the Magical Inquisition, like, supports nobility and, you know, proper rulers, so he's really confused. It's what needed to be done. Yes, but why? He was not himself anymore. He wanted it, and I set him free. Oh, so kind. Well, that problem's out of the way, so... Yeah? Uh, now, there's even more of a power vacuum, which means you know who is probably going to try to show up tomorrow. Yes, I will be there. No, not you. No, not me, you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure the Wild Ones and the Jade Hand are going to make a flashy appearance out of nowhere. See, the thing is, is what I'm suspecting. The Jade Hand is going to want to claim leadership. Him or Roy, one of the two. Maybe he'll have one of his puppets like Roy do it. Is going to show up and try to take the officiating of the ceremony. So that they will be seen in the eyes of the people as a ruler. That's what I would do. Hypothetically, of course. As he taps his chin, but just... Who should oversee the ceremony? I wonder who could do such a thing. Uh, Asmodai, I would recommend you uh, uh, calm down and think for a moment on this. Calm's wrong word. Uh, hold your reins. Hold your reins and uh, think about this for a moment. Uh, I, I, and hands like off, like, you know, she holds her hands in the air. I will be honest with you. I am a follower of Baal. And so is the Jade Hand. The fo the following of Ball revolves around murder, and I... I'm a little... I don't want to say cautious. I don't want to say scared. So many people being in one place. You've seen what happened last time. Yes. Well, traps need to be baited, do they not? Mm -hmm. That would be wise. No? Um... Yeah, you know about this uh, day. Sorry I didn't bring this up sooner, but uh, 
Again, it's just how long we stretched out the days leading up to this point, <laughs> which is my bad. But uh, yes, this is a once a month thing that does happen that's specific to this region. Each other region has their own process. Regardless of what we do, all the people are going to show up there regardless. No doubt he's planning to make a big show. Yes, it would appear so. It's just... My question is, where is he right now? The palace. This has been House Common Blood. The intro and outro music by Sap, Oh My Dog. All music and sound effects used in the episodes are royalty-free. Credits can be found in the episode description. Please review us on whatever podcast listening app you happen to be using. And if you like us, tell other people. Word of mouth is the best way for us to grow. Thank you for joining us. Now get out of here before I pwn your ass on Civ 5. <laughs>